Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. First Kings chapter number 13, verses number 1, the Bible declares, at, somebody shout, at the Lord's command. So God is speaking to this young prophet. He's giving him instructions of what to say and what to do. He says at the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense too, says, and then at the Lord, there it is again, at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says, a child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense and human bones will be burned on you. Three says that same day the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, the Lord has promised to give this sign. This altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. When the king Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. Hmm. At the same time, a white crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out just as the man of God had predicted in his message from the Lord. The king cried out to the man of God, please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored and he could move it again. Now watch the king, the king his attitude changed in. Oh, so you can do that. <laughs> and the king said to the man of God, come to the palace with me and have something to eat and I will give you a gift. But the man of God, the man of God said to the king, even if you give me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place. Why? Why won't you eat with the king? Why won't you sit in the place for the Lord gave me this command? So God spoke to me concerning what to say to you and what to speak against this altar. But God has also given me detailed instructions about my, my travel. For the Lord gave me this command, you must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are, and this is good. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he left Bethel and went home another way. Now I need to add something to the mix. I'm gonna come back and highlight some key points in this particular story as well as expand on it, but I need to add um, I need to add something to the mix. In Numbers chapter number 11, verses number 24, if you're taking notes, please take good notes today. The Bible declares, so Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him, Moses, and put it on the 70 elders. That's so good. You should carry the spirit of your leader. You should. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now, two men remained in the camp, named Eldad and the other named Medad. The spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And the young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth said, my Lord, Moses, stop them from prophesying. Stop them from speaking the words of the Lord. Look what Moses says. But Moses said to him, are you jealous for my sake? 
Would, look what he says. Oh, this is so good, y'all. He says, would that all the Lord's people were what, y'all? That the Lord would put his spirit on them. So this is what Moses prayed. Three things that he prayed. He says, number one, I pray that God would rest his spirit upon all people because in this particular dispensation, um, the spirit of God only rested on several people. Either you were a priest, you were a prophet, king, or you were a judge. If you were in one of those offices, the Spirit of God rested upon you, and, and watch this. Moses says, I wish that all people were prophets. When he was saying that, he wasn't talking about that they would walk in the office of the prophet, but he was praying that they would have the functionalities of the prophetic. What is the functionality of the prophetic? The functionality of the prophetic is that you have the ability to hear the words of God and the ability to speak forth the word of, the God, of God. So he says, I pray that the Spirit of God will rest upon everybody, number one. Number two, that all people will be able to hear the voice of God and then finally will be able to speak the words of God. That was his prayer. His prayer is in line with the fulfillment of what happened in Acts chapter number two, verse number 17 in the last days. It shall be, God declares that I will pour out my Spirit on, somebody shout all flesh. All flesh, watch this, and your sons and your daughters shall do what, y'all? That's everybody. Either you are a son of, the, of God or you are a daughter of the Lord. We shall all prophesy and your young men shall see vision and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male, here it is, male servants and female servants. That's everybody. In those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall do what, y'all? They shall prophesy, not walk in the office of the prophet, but have the functionalities of the prophetic. They have the ability to hear the words of God and to speak the words of God. Let, let me just add to the mix again. I'm excited, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verses number 1, Paul writes and he says, pursue love. How many, how many know that's, that's a good thing to do? P pursue love. Number two, he says, earnestly desire what, y'all? Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are tools that God gives us to advance the kingdom of God. He says, desire spiritual gifts, but especially what I want you to desire is prophecy. Not the office, but the functionality that you have the ability to hear and to, to speak. Verses number two says, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So those who speak in tongue, watch this, and it's available. It, 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 the Bible declares that the spirit gives gifts as he wills. So you have, you have a layer of gifts. You have a layer of gifts, but beneath the layer of gifts, you have just simple functions. And tongues is one of those simple functions as well as prophecy is one of those simple functions. Tongues is your prayer language that you utter to God. So you don't have to necessarily have to carry the gift in order to speak in tongue. Neither do you have to carry the, the, the gift of prophecy in order to prophesy. It's the functionality of you hearing what God is saying and then you speaking. Can somebody say amen? to that. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, and you should do that, but the one who prophesies builds up everybody, the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongue, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongue, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. I'm almost done. Let two or three prophets speak let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent for you can, what y'all? I feel like running. You can oh, hear the voice of God and speak forth, declare 
Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I can prophesy. Look back at him and tell him, I saw that before you even said it. I saw, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So this is the final message um, in this series simply entitled The Whispers of God. And there are a couple of things that we've been highlighting that's been an extreme blessing to me. Number one, we said that God wants to talk to you. Somebody shout God wants to talk to me. And we said that God wants to talk to you, number one, out of relationship because he wants to build and he wants to cultivate what you guys have. Number two, the reason he wants to talk to you, not just about relationship, but it's about your destiny. There are things that God wants you to carry out in the earth. There are places that he needs you to be at a particular time. And so my, my instructions is not just about building what we have, but it's about getting you to the place that you're supposed to be. Here's the good news about God talking to me. Number two, every believer has an innate ability to hear the voice of God. You can look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can hear him. I'm telling you, you can hear him. And you, you, have, to, you have to go back to number one, week number one, week number two, to, talk, to, to, to listen to some of the things that hinder us from hearing his voice clearly because God doesn't have a speaking problem. Sometimes we have a hearing problem. Can somebody say amen to that? Today I want to highlight the fact that God wants, to, wants, wants you to speak for him to others. Add the you in there. God wants you to speak for him to others. Can, can somebody say amen to that? Because Jesus is not coming down out of heaven to witness to your cousin Pookie. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body. We are the body. In essence, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. So he won't go nowhere we're not willing to carry him. So if all of us, God is challenging us to operate in the prophetic function, to hear his voice and not just hear it, not just hear it, but to speak forth what it is that God is saying. If that is what God is calling us to do, here is many people's problem. I, 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 I know God talks and I know he wants me to speak, but I have a couple of questions that keeps me paralyzed from ever saying anything that he says, and it keeps me always questioning what I heard. Yeah. Why do people mishear, and why do people misspeak? I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand for both of these. Anybody ever thought they heard God, but when it panned out, it really wasn't him? I'm going to raise a hand, two hands. Watch this. Ah! <laughs> I'm silly. Okay. I'm going to raise a, two hands again in the foot. Anybody ever thought confidently what you were saying was of God, but you find out you missed? <laughs> she said, jump up and down. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> so so I, I've been in both of those camps more than I would like to admit. Really, really thought I heard him. It wasn't him. I spoke boldly about something that really wasn't God. So, so and, and a lot of people, many of you guys that are sitting in the pews right now, God has already been talking to you. He's been challenging you, but fear has paralyzed you because you're like, well, what, what if it's not him? And, and I, I want to help you today. Watch this. I want to go back to our foundational text in 1 Kings 13. The Bible declares that the Lord's command, he shouted. So God actually speaks to this young prophet and he speaks the words of the Lord. Verse 9 says, God gives him another word, and here's the word, you must not eat or drink anything while you are there, and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. 
when we get to verse number 11, the Bible declares, as it happened, there was an, watch this, an old prophet <laughs> living in Bethel, and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God has, had taken. Quickly saddle the donkey, the, the, old, the old man said. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God? Are you the prophet who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. The young prophet explained, no, I cannot. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place because he's already heard a word from the Lord. Is that right? But look at the old prophet. The Bible declares, for the Lord gave me this command, you must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet. I'm a man of God too. I know what you heard, young man. And watch this. Ooh, this is so good. Let me go ahead and throw this out there. When I say young prophet and old prophet, it's not about age. It's about spiritual. Ooh, God, help. watch this. Young prophet and old prophet, that designates age. But it doesn't designate their spiritual maturity. Because the younger prophet is just as mature as the older prophet. But there's something that he's going to see and submit to the older man. Because watch this, when, watch this, when, the immature prophets at this particular time, they're in the school of the prophetic. That's where they're at right now. God only sent mature prophets to speak to kings and nations. So he's young in age, but his gift set is not young. So the Bible declares, where am I at? But the, verse 18, but the older prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And watch this, an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was what, y'all? Now watch this. This is a true prophet. The scripture declares that, that the gifts themselves are without repentance. So you can, watch this, have a great gift and bad character at the same time. I know what I'm talking about. So him lying doesn't. It, it doesn't kick against the fact that he has a gift. He does have a gift, but he has a, he has a good gift, but he has a bad heart. Now, why is he trying to deceive the young prophet? I have no idea. And, and the text is going to prove that he really, he really is a prophet because God's actually going to speak to him in the end. So they went back together, and the man of God ate and drank. The young man of God ate and drank at the old prophet's home. Then, while they were sitting at the Lord's table, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet. <laughs> now, I could imagine being the young prophet just trembling now. <laughs> oh, now you got a word from the Lord. Not an angel, but from the Lord. The old prophet, the Bible declares, he cried out to the young man of God from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat or drink. I'd be thinking like, but you told me, though. You told me. <laughs> How many of y'all got kids like that? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I know what you're saying, mama, but my friends. <laughs> you came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat or drink because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. He's saying you ain't going to make it home. 
After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him. It's interesting. He saddled his donkey knowing he ain't going to make it home. And the man of God started off again, but he was traveling along. A lion came out and killed him. His body lay there on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. In this particular case, him mishearing was a matter of life and death. Jesus, this is so good. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to scare you. I, I really, I'm really not trying to scare. I'm not trying to do that. I, I do want to warn you, and I want to prepare you, because God is going to be talking to you more. I'm, 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 I'm prophesying in 2020. God is going to speak to you more, and you need to hear what he says. And when it's time to speak, you need to boldly speak. I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but I'm still a little intimidated. I'm still a little fearful because I don't want to mishear, neither do I want to misspeak. So this is the word of God, the, the word that God gave to me. He says that he wants to restore your confidence. I heard God say that to me yesterday. God spoke to me and he says, I want to restore the people's confidence that when I'm talking to them, they know it's me. And when I, they speak, they speak boldly what I say because they know what I've given them. So, so watch this. Watch this. First John chapter number four, one, the Bible declares, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but do what, y'all? Test the spirits. So you might be hearing something, but you need to filter it through a few tests that I'm going to demonstrate to you to see whether it's of God or not. Because every dream is not of God. Every word that you hear is not of God. Watch this. Every prophetic word that you receive, it is not of the Lord. And there are some of you guys, you will wreck the ship going off everything that you hear, every dream. that Girl, I had a dream. I was traveling to Mars. That means that the Lord want me to be an astronaut. The devil is a liar. He don't want you to be. You were not good in math and science. So... I'm not debating that you heard a spirit. I'm trying to help you figure out which spirit it was. (laughs) So the Bible says, and and it's funny because um, a lot of the people that I grew up with, they misquoted this. They said, test the spirit by the spirit. And that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say test the spirit by the spirit. It says test the spirit. And within the text, it gives you, it defines test within this particular text according to the issue that was going on at that particular time. But what I'm going to give you today, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you scriptural foundational test that every time you hear, watch this, watch this. And when I hear a word from a man of God, from a prophet of God, when I, ha- I just had a dream last night, I shared the, the dream with my wife, and I know, the, I know the dream was not of God. It was not of God. And, and I shared it with her, and I t- I'll tell you later what I had to do with the dream, what I do with every dream that I know that is not of God. You got to cast, somebody shall cast it down. You know why you got to cast it down? Because the Bible declares faith comes by what, y'all? It comes by hearing. What you need to understand about that particular text, it's applicable to any area. Because your faith is your belief system. And whatever you hear builds your belief system for that particular thing. So if you believe you're going to die at the age of 32 and you keep hearing it and you keep hearing it, your faith is going to be built that I'm not going to live to the age of 30. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. You need to, somebody shout, cast it down. The Bible declares, cast down every imagination and hot thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You have to bring that thought into captivity. So when I woke up this morning, I shared it with my wife. And when I left the room, I said, in the name of Jesus, what I saw will not come to pass. 
It will not come to pass. So the Bible declares, don't believe every spirit, everything that you hear, but you need to, somebody shall test that word. So I want to give you four tests that you should filter every word, every destiny word that you hear to determine whether it's of God or not. Number one, does it agree with the Bible? Let me clarify. Does it agree with the Bible and not just a scripture? Because I'm telling you right now, I can take a whole bunch of scriptures and prove a whole bunch of things out of context. Did y'all know Moses played tennis? Did y'all know that? Because the Bible declares he served in the courts of Pharaoh. Did y'all know David rode motorcycles? The Bible declares he triumphed across the land. I'm serious. You can take, you can extrapolate a whole bunch of scriptures and prove stuff that ain't true. And no, Facebook Live, I'm joking. David did not have a motorcycle. He had a donkey, I think. Praise the Lord. So does what you're hearing, does it, does it agree with the counsel of the word of God? And that's why it's important for you. I, 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 I believe it was, I think it was the Berean Christians. I believe so. I'm not sure, but the Bible declares there were a group of people that the Apostle Paul, that he ministered to, and after they finished hearing him, they went back and they searched the scriptures to see if what he said was actually true. And that's what you should do. What you are hearing, whether it's a prophetic word or whether it's somebody or whether it's a dream that you had or something, does it actually line up with the word of God? Matthew 5:18, the Bible declares, for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not a small letter, not just a word, not a sentence, not a paragraph, not a phrase, not a small letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the loss, from, excuse me, from the law. First Peter 1.24, for all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures. How long, y'all? Watch this. God will never say anything to you that contradicts what is written. So if he's saying something to you, you need to leave your husband. And go find you Shaquika husband. The devil is a liar. Leave Shaquika and her man alone. Can the church say amen? Does it agree with the word of God or does it agree with the Bible? Number two, watch this. Does it contradict previously confirmed words? That's why I instantly knew what I dreamed was of the devil. Because I have too many confirmed words of what this situation is supposed to look like for a new word to come to not agree with what has already been settled in my heart by God. Let me give you proof text, 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with what, y'all? The prophecies, and Paul is writing, he, he's, he's speaking concerning the ordination that he's going to talk about in a few chapters later. There was an ordination service that Timothy had, and at this ordination service, there were prophetic words that were spoken over his life. And he's saying, with these prophetic words, watch this, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you wage the good warfare. He's saying, discern what's being said by what's already been confirmed. If what's being currently said doesn't line up with what's being, what has been confirmed, wage war against it. Can somebody say amen to that? Hmm? 
EMCC, I had too many problems. Before we got off our feet, I mean, this, this was several years ago, several, several, several years ago. Um, we were just starting. We were maybe year number two, year number three, something like that. And um, I, had very, I had many prophetic words. I had visitations. God showed me dreams about this ministry. And um, my wife and I, we were a struggling couple. I'm talking, we were we was struggling. We were struggling. 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 And I went and preached somewhere, and this guy came to me, and he says, I need you to apply for this particular, what was that, Minnesota? Michigan. He was in Michigan. And he said, and man, he, 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 he says, I'm, I'm the head of the, the, the deacon board, and my vote is the only one that really counts. He says, I want to fly you out here. I want you to preach. I want you to apply for the job. And he said, if you want it, it's yours. And when he laid out that benefit package, he told me how big the house was, the parsonage. He said it's a parsonage, but not really. He told me the square footage in the gated community, and he gave me, the, he, told, he told me the, the kind of car the last pastor was driving, and he said, but you don't have to have that. You can trade and get what you, you want. And he, he told me the benefit, be, benefits, y'all, some health insurance. <laughs> y'all ain't saying that. Get my teeth clean. <laughs> you understand? Some, some benefits. And then gave me the package. He said, all you got to do is Come preach, apply, go through the process, and it's yours. Guess what I didn't do? I ain't tell my wife. <laughs> I didn't, because she would be like, it's the Lord. <laughs> it sounded good, but it's one thing. What was being presented to me contradicted what has already been prophesied about me. So although it sounds good, <sighs> get up there and them deacons fire me. The devil is a lie. <laughs> so listen what you are hearing and, and this is what I do know I do know that God is already talking to you all I already know that I already know he's talking to you how what method is he talking I'm not sure but I do know he's communicating with you what you are hearing because you're going to hear more than his voice and you can't afford you can't afford to miss his voice so you can't be the one that be, you know, standoffish and be like, I don't want to make a mistake. And so I don't really want to hear him. He's talking anyway. So if he's talking, you need to go ahead and confirm it so you can move out in obedience. Can somebody say amen to that? So what you're hearing, number one, is it in agreement with the written word of God? Number two, is it, is it in agreement with the words that have already been spoken over your life, confirmed words that you know are there? Number, number three, and this is critical for me, does it agree with wise counsel? Wise counsel. Now, this is the test that most people overlook because they don't look for wise counsel. They just look for somebody that's going to agree with them so they can do what they want to do anyway. So I believe that the Lord is telling me, oh, that ain't God. Okay. I believe the Lord is telling me, that ain't God. I believe the Lord is telling me, I believe that, yeah, that sounds like God. This is, this is my wise counsel right here. And this is what a lot of people do. She said no, she said no, she said no, but he said yes, yeah, so this must be of God. No. Stop just looking for somebody to, how many know a good friend is not just the person who's going to tell you how wonderful you are all the time? I mean, if you really got a real good friend, they're going to tell you some things about yourself that you need to know, come on somebody, before you go out in public and embarrass yourself. Huh? Why, wise counsel. And before every major decision, I'm telling you, God is so, so, so good to me. There, there were some major decisions that, that I had to make. Um, in the past couple of weeks, and, and, and I met with some of my counselors and my elders, and I shared it with them, and I was, it, it, was, it was amazing. I'm, and I'm getting ready. 
I'm, I'm moving too fast. Let, let, me, let me back up. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Let two or three prophets speak and let the other, somebody shout, way. KJV says judge, NLT says evaluate. So you hear and then you speak, but people around you judge, weigh, evaluate what you are saying to make sure it's of God. And you need people like that around you to be able to weigh, to evaluate. Watch this. You need to be able to have some people in your life that tell you the truth and you not get offended when they tell you the truth. This is not about my feelings. It's about me not falling into a pit and getting ate up by a lion <laughs> because somebody said they heard something from an angel concerning my life. Are y'all with me? Proverbs 19, 20 says, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel, somebody shout the counsel of the Lord, shall stand. So there's a difference between good counsel and godly counsel. And let me show you what the difference is. A godly counsel, there are three elements of a godly counselor. So, so, um, so my, my, my fathers, my, my fathers and my mentors in the gospel, those are, they're, when I go to them with a tough situation, they give me godly counsel. And, and this is what you should be looking for in a godly counsel, because there should be people that you should be going to. Watch this. Oh, this is so good. Not just your peer group. Not just your peer group. So, so my children, when they get ready to make destiny decisions, can you talk to your friends about them, get their opinion? Absolutely. That, that's fine. That's fine. But you should go to another level. So godly counsel is composed of three things. Number one, people that know God people that know his word. Number three, people who know your temperaments. They know God, they know his word, and they know your temperaments. Lady came to me, lady came to me, and she said, she said, Pastor McGee, the Lord is, I believe the Lord is leading me back. He, he's telling me to go back into the crack, hit, crack house where I came from and bring people out. That's what she told me. Go back into the crack house. Watch this. I know God, so that sounds like God, something he would tell somebody to do. I know his word because the word encourages us to go back and compel people to come. But watch this. Not only do I know God, I know his word, I know you, and you ain't ready for that. So I told her boldly, that ain't God. Because I know your temperament. You're going to be in there just a moment. To my Jesus loves y'all. He knows where you are. He knows where we are. <laughs> you understand? And just a moment, she's going to be right back there. You don't want to overlook this. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't, don't overlook it. I was meeting with uh, one of my counselors, and I told him what I believe God was saying, and, and it was such a blessing because I was getting ready to move forward on something. And he said, that sounds like God, but he said, he highlighted something that we've talked about, a struggle that I've had in the past that we've talked about. And he says, with this thing that you've dealt with, can you manage that and this at the same time? Anybody else that I would have went to who didn't know Greg, they would have looked at God. The things that he says, they would have looked at his word and they would have gave me a green light. But he says, yeah, I know God, I know his word, but I also know you. So if you're going to receive not just good counsel, godly counsel, that means there's somebody that you got to be able to let your guards down in front of so they can show. Somebody. Somebody got to know the real you. Even when I have a, first, a counseling session for the first time, for the first couple of section, sessions, I'm asking a whole bunch of, I'm doing very little talking, I'm asking a whole bunch of questions because I know God, I know his words, but I need to know you. 
I'm, I'm about to give you some advice to direct your life. I need to know what your temperaments, what your weaknesses are, what your strengths, what your, I need to know what they are so I can help you to navigate. So number one, the word of God, is it in agreement? Number two, previous words. Number three, does wise counsel agree? And I have the tendency when wise counsel don't agree, I just press pause on that for a second. Number four, does it disturb personal peace? Personal peace. Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it, let it rule in your hearts. Man, I'm doing fantastic. 32 minutes. I'm doing fantastic. It, why everybody look at their watches? <laughs> I, I just gave y'all the time. So I can slow down a little bit. And let the peace of God rule. That word is umpire. It's direct. For the believer, God is, it's amazing what he did on the inside of us. He, he, he placed this internal thing on the inside of us that as we navigate from his will, we begin to lose, his pe- lose our peace. And, and, and the more we direct our lives towards his will, the greater our peace become. And there's some of you guys, you're navigating, and it's what you want to do and you have found, not the word, but you have found a scripture. You have found a prophetic voice. You have found a father in the gospel to validate what your heart wants to do. But out of all of those three things, you still have lost your peace and getting ready to wreck the ship. Because you passed three tests, found a scripture. I found somebody to prophesy. Hmm? I found somebody to agree with me, but my peace is gone. God says, come back, come back. So why do we miss here? Why why is it that we miss it when it comes to hearing God? Because too many of us take words without testing the words. Every word that you hear concerning your destiny, test that word to see if it's of God. War with the prophetic words from your past. Make sure that it's of God. Why do we miss here? Now I want to deal with why we misspeak because God wants to talk to you. You have an innate ability to hear the voice of God. Number two, number three, God wants to use you to prophesy, to speak his words to other people. Again, I'm not talking about the office of a prophet, another teaching for another day, but the functionalities of a prophet, of the prophetic is you being able to hear and then confident, somebody shout confidently, speak. Confidently speak what God says. Now, um, for the past uh, week now, I've been reading this fantastic book. Just finished it yes, uh, Friday, Thursday. Finished this book, uh, The Beginner's Guide to the Gift of Prophecy. And I recommend, first of all, I'd like everybody to read it, but especially of those who feel you have some gift set of the prophetic, either you walk in the office or that particular gift manifests on your life often. Uh, m- me personally, I do not walk in the office of a prophet Um, God has not confirmed that in my spirit. I I don't walk in the office, but the gift rests a lot. It rests a lot. And so this this book has been an amazing tool for me. And and I would recommend it whether you're a seasoned prophet, because there's some things it highlights that I've seen some of the most seasoned prophets miss. Or whether you're just beginning or you've been doing it for a while and you just need some some, some training, I I recommend this book. And this is what Jack Deere says. This is amazing. I'm almost done. Jack says that he was in a meeting and he had two days to talk, to, to talk about and demonstrate the prophetic. Watch this. 
He said the first night, he just taught on the prophetic, taught on the gifts and the ins and outs of, of things about God speaking and you speaking for him, and that was absolutely wonderful. He said the second night, it was time to not just talk about the gift of prophecy, but it's time to demonstrate it. So he said he was a, prayer, a, a prophetic team himself and then another guy that was going to be prophesying that night. He said since it was his meeting, he felt like he should go first. So this is what he did. He stood up in the meeting, and he said when he looked at a woman, he heard the Lord say, blood pressure. He said, I heard God say to me, blood pressure, when I looked at that particular woman. So this is what he did. He looked at the woman, and he asked her, he says, do you wrestle with high blood pressure? And guess what she said? She said, no. And he said, okay, all right. So he stepped back, and he says to himself, I know what I heard. So he looked at the audience in that section. He says, does anyone in this section suffer with high blood pressure? And everybody said, no. And he said to himself, he said, in the right, he said in his book, he said, I said, strike two. He said, I could stop right now and just go to somebody else, but he says, I'm going to push it. He says, is anyone in this section connected to someone who suffers from high blood pressure? <laughs> and guess what the whole section said? No. No, no, no. Strike three. So he said after strike three, he said, he writes, he said, I don't want to get kicked off this prophetic team, so I'm not going to say anything else about this, about this blood, high blood pressure thing. So, in the book, after the meeting, the woman who did not have high blood pressure came up to him, came up to me and said, you know, my husband has low blood pressure. <laughs> she said, it's so bad that sometimes he passes out. Do you think that might have been what you were seeing? Now, what was the word that God gave him? Blood pressure. He didn't say high blood pressure. He just said, I'm getting ready to bless somebody's socks off. Jack writes and he says, the mistake in my method was this. I had failed to distinguish between revelation, what he said, interpretation, what it means, and application, what, he, what we do about it. These three factors are involved every time God speaks to us revelation interpretation application and let me tell you I, i've i have missed god many times because i failed to distinguish between these three i'm telling you right i almost messed up my marriage before it ever got started because i failed i was walking across bond hall on uscm campus headed to my class and i heard god say to me irene is your rib somebody shout revelation I heard him say that. So I go to one of my friends who's prophetic, and I ask him, I said, man, this is what I heard God say to me. I heard him say, Irene is my rib. I don't really know what this means. He says, man, what is the only rib in the Bible? Eve. <laughs> Not baby bag ribs. <laughs> Not <laughs> Eve. So watch this. I had the revelation. My friend helped me with the interpretation but I was getting ready to mess up what God says because you know what my application was? I, I didn't wait on how he wanted me to approach and move forward. So I dated her the same ineffective way that I dated all the previous girls before her that wrecked all those re relationships. 
So I had revelation, had interpretation, but my application was so crazy, I almost messed it up before it ever got started. Revelation. This morning, I prayed the prayer team. They said, Pastor, what do you want me to pray for? I said, I said pray that I don't mess this delivery up. <laughs> because I got revelation, I got interpretation. What, I know what he's saying, I know what it means. But the application of the delivery, I don't want to miss it. January, I got revelation. I know what I'm talking about. February, I got re whole month. I know what I'm talking about. What I don't have, I don't have interpretation. I know what he said. I don't know what he means about the title and that he gave me for January. No, what he said for February. Don't know the interpretation. And this is where we get it wrong. Ooh, and we really get it wrong with people who we know and love. And I had to learn this the hard way. Do you know God will on purpose withhold interpretation from you for your sake? He will. Because God will give me a revelation about one of my kids. And I'll just ask him. I said, Greg, what, what about this? Or charity? Or, God showed me this. So I had this dream or whatever. And I don't know what it means. I just have what he showed me or what he said to me. And when I tell them, they know what it means. And I'll be like, I mean, you want to you share? No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> There's sometimes God will withhold things from you because you can't handle the interpretation of what it means. And he'll send you to your kids or he'll send you to people that you love because he's talking to them. But God, they won't listen to the voice of God, but they'll listen to your natural voice. Just get, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, just give what you have. This is where we mess up. We get revelation and then we add our interpretation to it and we wreck the ship because you're going off a, di a divine revelation and you're trying to match it with your own human interpretation of what you think it means. Mm -mm. This is what Jack said he should have did. He said, I heard the word high blood, excuse me, I heard the word blood pressure. He said one or two things. Either I should have waited for a moment and asked God, what does that mean? Or I should have just simply told the woman, when I looked at you, I heard the word blood pressure. Does that mean anything to you? And if he would have did that, he wouldn't have looked like a fool in front of 2,000 people. He was a big crowd of people. And the woman would have told him, the word blood pressure does mean something to me. My husband suffers with low blood pressure, and it's, it's killing him right now. Revelation, interpretation, application. Here's the question for you. What has God spoken to you? If he's given you revelation, only give what he's given to you. If you have revelation and interpretation, sit on what he's given you until you get application. So, so this I started to, started to do a screenshot, but it's probably good I did. Uh, what I did after sabbatical because God's voice, man, it's it's amazing. It's it's really amazing to me, uh, brother Lee. For for like um, the past two months, it's like I've been at a cap right here. It's like. I, it's like I had capped out. So after I went on sabbatical, I, I mean, I was, I was hearing and I was experiencing God, but it's, it just felt like I should be doing more. And during my sabbatical, it's like God broke the ceiling. So I'm hearing a, a lot more. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more. And, and during the sabbatical, what I did is I just wrote a list. Every time God told me something about somebody or whatever, I just wrote it out. So I got revelation. Some people, I like got interpretation. This is what he said and this is what it means. But only few of those he gave me application, what to do, because everything he showed you, you ain't supposed to approach everybody about it. 
I saw it, but he didn't tell me to say it. If he tells me, I'm going to obey him. I ain't scared because it's word of, I can say, God told me this. And I'm saying in boldness because I know it was him. He confirmed it in my spirit. But until he gives me the application of it, I can't release it. And again, this is where people mess up. You got revelation, you got interpretation, but God didn't tell you to say nothing to them. And you go with your happy-go-lucky self. Here's the question. Is the prophetic about your ego, is it about God's will being accomplished in the earth? If he don't give you the application to tell them, maybe he just wants you to sit there and just pray about what he's showing you. Tuesday night, I don't have interpretation. I just got revelation. God says, go ahead with the service. I tried to cancel it. I wanted to cancel it. But he says, go. So I got revelation. God wants us to have this service. This is what I don't have yet. I don't have the why. I don't have the interpretation of why he wants to do it. All I know is we're supposed to have it. 21 days of prayer. I got revelation, interpretation, and application. I got revelation we're supposed to do it. I got interpretation how we're going, what it means, what it's going to mean for you, what it's going to mean for this community. And I have application how we're going to do it. Sunday, what it's going to look like. Monday through Friday, what it's going to look like. Saturday, what it's going to look like for 21 days. I have application. And I believe if, we've, if we move forward with what we have, if we move forward with the information that we have and not try to add or take away from it. Well, Pastor, I mean, do we have to do, can we do Monday through Thursday? I, I did pray for the church. I did. I did pray for the church. Here was, here was my prayer, and I'm done, Chris. I pray that the benefit would be heavier than the burden. I did pray that, because come on, come on. <laughs> Five days a week of my evening is precious. Lord knows I don't want to give up my Saturday. No. So is a sacrifice for me? <laughs> Absolutely. But I believe God's going to, I'm believing for immediate return. From the first day to the last, every day that God's going to speak to you, he's going to do something. Ooh, this is so good. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org, and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.